Well, welcome to Remastered. I'm Jason. He's Rich, and tonight we're talking about candy, or as they say in England, the sweets. Rich has just insisted to me that he feels like a fool saying the word candy. I can't say it. It's a word English people shouldn't say. That's Is it, it like if in America we tried to say, oh, I need to get something from the boot? Yeah, it's exactly like that. What do you... Oh, it's the trunk, isn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't say trunk, nor could I say uh, windshield. Uh, we, we can't say lift. It has to be elevator. Yeah. So sweets, candy, it's it's the same thing. Can't say candy, sorry. But you know what I mean. We just spent, uh, for those of you who are not in the chat room live with this recording, like uh, Holy Puns Batman, Dean, O, and Mike, we just spent, what, Rich, 12, 13, 14 minutes talking about the differences between uh, uh, vocabulary in the United States and Britain? Yeah, something like that. That's good times right there. See, that's that's what you get for hanging out with us in the chat room on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. It's so worth it, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's my but, uh, tonight, argument. Tonight we're talking all about sweets, which I'm not sure, Rich, are we limiting this to just things that are chocolate, hard candy? Are, are we staying away from cake and anything with flour in it? Yeah, this cake's a completely different thing. You I think that's the dividing line, is if it uses cake, uh, flour or eggs or milk. Well, would I guess you, there's would infection you, with milk. Would you buy it with pocket money? Right. Oh, that's a good dividing line. That's because I would never have bought cake with pocket money. That's for sweets. I think there, there's your, there's your, your divider there. I think. What's the most you're willing to shill out for a piece of candy? What, these days? Right. <sighs> Until I notice it there, I actually have no idea what they cost at all now. I was in Walmart yesterday getting uh, baby formula, which is pretty much all that I get to buy these days. But I decided to swing through the candy line since we've, you know, we're going to be talking about it tonight. Walmart has an entire aisle, by the way, donated to candy uh, or dedicated to candy, rather. Just, you know, 40, 50 feet on both sides, eight foot tall. Shelves just full of everything you can imagine, from Jolly Ranchers to bubble gum to peppermint patties, chocolate of all varieties, seasonal stuff. You wouldn't believe how much this stacked up in this stupid Walmart aisle. Oh, I, I don't know. We, I honestly think that this is one of the areas that we perhaps more than match you. We, we, we do love us some sweets. When Seriously. we talked a couple months ago about, uh, about soda... You were talking about your trip to the United States and how you were just blown away by how many different varieties of soda we have here. Absolutely. You're saying that it's it's totally the inverse when it comes to candy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we we just have just so many sweets. It's obscene. Really. It's it's almost a problem. And I'm sure that all of my American friends out there would be very, very disappointed if I don't put you on the spotlight here and ask you the, the real tough question that I've got to ask you. There's there's no way that we could do this episode, Rich, without me throwing this one out there. And it's a real stinger. Okay. There might be some cultural insensitivity going on. Maybe a little bit, just a little bit of nationalism or prejudice. But I've got to know whether there's any truth. Is your dental hygiene as bad as everyone thinks? No. Okay. All right. 
So when we're talking about candy, we're, the stereotypic image that many people might have of the the British guy with his teeth all rotting out and his palate twisted and warped so that two or three of them stick down and the dentist says, open up, and it goes <laughs> and creaks open and there's just a morass of slime inside. That's no truth to it. No truth to it. We have the same quality teeth as most people in the Western Hemisphere. Oh. Sorry. You're taking away some of the romanticism. I'm so, it's not romantic. That's a horrible one, that one. <laughs> no, not. I didn't say it's romantic. I said romanticism. Right, totally I see. <laughs> I see. But no, our, te- our teeth are fine. I mean, my teeth, personally, are terrible, but that, that's just my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, you, can't, you really can't judge everyone on that. Um, everybody else's teeth are absolutely fine. Also, Allison's are quite bad. In fact, every, maybe I'm wrong. Hang on. No. Uh, generally, we're okay. Was there truth to it historically, though, do you think? I mean, was there ever foundation for this to exist? Maybe once. Everybody had bad teeth. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, <I've> n- <laughs> no one else says this about us. It's just you guys. Is it's, it really? Yeah. No, I've never heard it from anyone else, ever. Well, you know how xenophobic we are over here. Well, you've got to make up things that are wrong with us, because otherwise we're just too damn good. You are. You're cute and lovable. Problem. Yeah. And furry. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's just the way it is. See, we can't be perfect, so maybe that's where this comes from. I also think that any conversation between us about candy has to come with some uh, some discussion of our qualifications. Because I know that you are, so and I know that you won't take offense to me saying this, but you and I, we're both fat. I, I yeah. I mean, we have credentials when it comes to sugar. Yeah. I've I've managed to trim off quite a lot of late, actually. Have you really? Yeah. What have you been doing? Not eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's the same here. Lisa has started doing Weight Watchers, so that means that I'm doing Weight Watchers. Yeah. Just as collateral damage. Yeah. This this happens. This is life, unfortunately. But yeah, that's, I'm not I'm not exerting more energy. I'm just intaking less crap. That's, that's exactly the situation here as well. Yeah, and it's it's working so far. It's it's good. I keep thinking, oh, I must have lost three stone, and then I remember when I weighed myself originally, and that was like two years ago. So it's not that great an achievement. It's taken some time, but now, yeah. how long have you been doing this concerted effort? This this concentrated. Uh, mental effort to on, avoid the sweets on and off for about two years it's been a problem it's a it's a serious problem because i'm someone who got into the habit of when i drive anywhere i will stop at a garage for a drink and some chocolate that's the worst thing isn't it my, my problem with dieting is that i'm i think that i'm too smart for dieting because after a little while maybe two three weeks have gone by i always start to be able to rationalize it away yeah you know you know, I've I've lost six pounds. I think I can do a chocolate bar. And oh, then yeah. the next thing you know, I'm stuffing eight Snickers in my mouth. I I do. Me in my car alone is dangerous. It, I consume more calories over the course of a week in my car than I do out of the car. <laughs> I'm I'm the kind of guy that when you give your order at the McDonald's drive-through, when you pull up to collect it, you get a look that says, "There's only you in the car." <laughs> You're going to eat all this? Really? Because, you know, I put a muffin in there as well, don't you? My God, you fat bastard. I did it tonight. There were two portions of fries. I feel so disgusting. Oh, see, this is hilarious because for the first time in probably, I don't know, three months, Lisa and I had McDonald's tonight as well. Because we were just 
uh, just short for time. There was no way that we were going to be able to cook. So um, Lisa ran out to Home Depot to buy some flowers for the front porch. And on her way back, she grabbed a, a couple of cheeseburgers for us. See, this has just reminded me of something that is specifically and now possibly quite amusing. Because this month, you know how McDonald's have different sort of promotions on month to month. Sure. This month is the Great Tastes of America month. <coughs> where each... Okay, I've got to know, what are they highlighting? Right, what, so... What do they say are our tastes? This week, because it's, it's four different burgers for the next month, each one a week, and this week is the Chicago Supreme, which is an oval 100% beef patty with spicy tomato salsa and cool mayo, onions, shredded lettuce, cheese slices and bacon all served in a chili chive and sesame-topped bun. That's the Chicago Supreme. That's interesting. I guess I wouldn't associate Chicago really more than any other place with some of the um, Tex-Mex ingredients that you were saying there. I'm not sure why they think that's Chicago. I don't know. Chicago for so long has been associated with pork products because it's been the center of like the sausage industry, yeah, pork industry, the beef industry. Chicago's the the middle America shipping point where all the, the livestock is loaded up on trains and shipped out to all the different slaughter yards and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, when people typically think about Chicago or Chicago stuff, there's two things, meat or Chicago style pizza. Those are the things that are usually associated with them. So odd that they would choose those ingredients. I'm just trying to find out what the other three are going to be, but their website is horrific. And it's really taking a long time to get to anything. Oh, there's the Texas barbecue one, which I assume is just some sort of barbecue flavor. I mean, this is the thing. It's all sort of food-flavored stuff, isn't yeah. it? It's not... I, I, don't, I don't think it really is beef. I think it's beef-flavored substance. With McDonald's, it's always hard to tell because they do that thing on their packaging where they say, contains a rib meat, yeah. which is just code for like, hey, we ground up a whole bunch of bones. Well, the, the, their favorite trick is they buy, the, there's a, a, I don't know, it probably is like this worldwide. They have a company called the 100% British Beef Company. So when they use their product, they can say that it contains 100% British beef, when that's not necessarily what it's made of. That is clever right there. Isn't that clever? Very quickly, then, the other one is that the Arizona Nacho Grand and the New York Classic. That's what, I don't know, it doesn't say what they are yet. That's interesting. Yeah, that was my next question, is what do they consider to be a New York Classic? I'll bet that it's, I don't know, something to do with... It's the same as the others in a different box. Pork or, or maybe Italian? I don't know. Marinara? There might be like salami on it or something like that. Mm -hmm. They do that occasionally. It's just a really chuffing, horrible flash thing and it doesn't really want i hate it i'm not gonna look at it anymore let's talk about sweets Damn Yo, do, you, do you have a favorite favorite sweets do you know what my my all-time comeback to go-to chocolate bar is the lion bar now i realize i can't just say that and expect you to go oh yes the lion bar because you probably have absolutely no idea what i'm talking about i'm gonna try to guess though I have no information whatsoever. I've never heard of a Lion Bar. I don't know what its packaging looks like. I've never seen one, but I'm going to guess. Chocolate. Yeah. Nuts. Close. 
what's close to nuts? It's either nuts or not. <laughs> it's it's not nuts, but it, it's something. There is something there where you would put the nuts. Interesting. That um, isn't nuts. Let's say caramel. There is caramel. And something waferish. Yes, there is wafer. I'm okay. Gonna, I shall send you the. Uh, I've got a link here. I'll put in the chat room. With yeah. very few exceptions, all candy bars are some variety or some mishmash of those ingredients. I've been thinking about it. There's about five or six chocolate bar ingredients, and they all contain about four of them. You've got your chocolate, nuts, wafer, caramel. Uh, the other thing that's in the lime bar that I said was light nuts is uh, like cereal, like Rice Krispies. Oh, okay, yeah. And And maybe then the cousin of that, the small biscuit sort of thing. But and then maybe you'd get to raisins. I think I think you could include raisins in things. But I think that's pretty much it. There are there are a, um, a couple of notable exceptions like nougat. Yeah, right. I was going to say nougat, as Americans would call it, because we're incapable of a silent tea. Right. Um, <laughs> and that the the fluffy stuff that's inside Milky. You, that's you. I think you have Milky Ways that are the same as our Milky Ways. We would also call that nougat, although I'm sensing that you would refer to it as a, something different. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's stuff from chocolate bars. I don't know what I'd call it. To me, nougat is a it's a tougher, chewier thing than that. Milky Way is too light and fluffy for me to consider it nougat. Okay, fair enough. So you don't consider them the same very or two different variations on the same product, like dark chocolate, light chocolate. You wouldn't yeah. say that there can be light nougat and taffy nougat or something like that. No. But they are, they are very closely related. I think maybe that may, you know maybe officially they are the same thing. I don't know. Now I need to look at Milky Way on Wikipedia. Now oh, this will be an interesting test of Google's context search. <laughs> and it now, got the chocolate the bar second. Oh, good there job. There we go. That was good. Nice. That was that. Oh, right. Now, it's saying on Wikipedia, very similar to the American Three Musketeers bar. Oh, hang on. The Milky, bar, uh, Milky Way bar is a chocolate bar distributed by Mars Confectionery. The American version of the Milky Way is made of a chocolate malt nougat topped with caramel and covered in milk chocolate and is very similar to the Mars bar sold in other countries. Ah. And so that's considering that nougat, what's in a Mars bar, which is the same thing that's in a Milky Way. So it is nougat. Just right. a lighter, fluffier nougat. The but then you go to the, the to the far reach with Three Musketeers. Yeah, which it's, is, it's saying that the non-US Milky Way bar is not topped with caramel and therefore similar to the Three Musketeers bar. Uh, now, you do have some neat variations on things. I love me some coconut. I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I've always loved Almond Joy. I'm trying to think of a popular chocolate bar or anything with coconut in. Oh, Bounty. Bounty. The Bounty right. Bar. I haven't seen those in a long, long time. They've yeah, they never went away here. They're uh, oh now I should I need to put the word bar on that search. Too many things for Bounty. And one creative bar here. I can't remember what it was called. Fast Break, maybe. I think that's the one. Has a pretzel in it. I thought that was pretty innovative. I've not seen anything with pretzel in either. Oh, we had uh, M and M. Uh, pretzel covered varieties here as well recently and i've got to say they were pretty good i i must admit i'm a big fan of your uh, peanut butter m&ms that we don't have here 
that that was one that is an obviously good idea and i don't know why we don't have that maybe we do by now because there's a couple of things i didn't think we had mike and ike's either but we do have those we just need uh milk duds and i'm set mind you my teeth you know it's <laughs> milk duds are terrific i i that's the one american chocolate that i just i could eat indefinitely if if i was told all you can eat from now on until your death is milk duds it's oh okay suppose the only drawback with them is that they are so tough yeah that after a while it does start to feel like your teeth are going to come out if you try one more chew yeah that that happens a lot that's usually when i stop eating although i've not had any for a while that was part of my uh not eating so much crap thing when i had to be fair to our listeners they they've always been very generous over the years in sending milk duds there's there's always been four or five packets of milk duds in the cupboard and i had to say a while ago just please i appreciate it but please don't send me anymore because i'm i'm just eating milk duds all day and it's really bad for me <laughs> so just don't send them and then we here's had, an entry we had friends uh, that moved to san francisco and they started sending milk duds back because oh, they knew i liked them it's like, I, please just yeah carry on sorry to interrupt you <laughs> that's fine uh here, here's an entry in the nougat fight because I'm not sure what you would classify this exactly, but I just posted in the chat room a link to a picture on Wikipedia of Charleston Chew, which is kind of like, it's not chewy, chewy, chewy like the uh, like the Milk Dud, but right. it's not so light and fluffy like the Three Musketeers. It's a, it's a happy medium, and what you get is really satisfying, I think. These are some of my favorites when you go to the theater. You get a box of Charleston Chew minis, you sit there, and you gnaw on those little suckers you know it makes that box last a good 15 minutes into the film they look quite nice actually i can i can see from the the picture what that is it strikes me as something similar to and i'm trying to remember what it is here. it's not dime bars but it's, do you have starburst yes we do that looking at this picture here it, it occurs to me that what's on the inside is like a chocolate flavored starburst that's the same consistency you know that hardness but once you start biting it into it it starts to really disintegrate right see starbursts here are actually a major controversy there's there's if anyone of my age and a bit older sort of between my age and allison's age have a big chip on our shoulder over starburst Okay, I'm I'm mystified because well, I'm trying I'm running through my mind trying to think of anything about a Starburst that could be controversial. They changed the name to Starburst. That's what they did. They and were not prior always, to that it was they were opal fruits. That's what they well, were called. That's what you're talking about when you say opal fruits. Yeah. And then one day they went, Oh, they're not opal fruits anymore. They're Starburst. And we were what the is starburst what what on uh, they're all fruit flavored why have you taken the fruits out of the name what and then you realize oh it's to match america right fine do that we were already upset from a couple of years previous when they changed marathon to snickers you know that still upset a lot of people um so we, we're very particular about stuff like that as a nation we don't like change in things that we do like if we like it, leave it the fuck alone. Don't well, it's mess kind of the theme it. of this show, isn't it? You you get attached to things that you had when you were a kid, and yeah, you you like the nostalgia of it. 
If you want to make Starburst, that's a separate thing. These are opal fruits. Don't mess with that. And especially don't mess with that just to make us the same as somebody else. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're opal fruits. And they changed it. And there was... I can honestly say I have not eaten one since they did that. I'm aware as an intelligent adult that that's rather petty and stupid. And they don't give a crap if I ever eat another one again. I, I know this, but... I can't bring myself to do it. I've, I've always, when they change the name back to Opal Fruits, then I'll, I'll eat them again. Weird. I, I can't, in all good conscience, say that you're really missing that much because, I mean, as tasty as they are, they're really toward the bottom of my candy preference list. God, yeah. And there's a billion things like them as well. All right. But looking at the Wikipedia here, since we've been talking about it, I looked it up. I did not realize that these originated in the UK, uh, named. Opal Fruits by Peter Pfeiffer in a competition that won him 5,000 pounds. I didn't know that at all either. That's... 1959. Are you on the, is it the Starburst wiki page? Uh, yeah. Right. The confectioner, uh, confectionery is the one that you need because there's several different Starburst things. Right, yeah. Um, wow, I didn't know that. Right under history, the Starburst brand was introduced by Mars in 1959, named by Peter Pfeiffer. In a competition that won him 5,000 pounds as opal fruits. Four original flavors were strawberry, lemon, orange, and lime. And now it's just ridiculous how many different variants they have on that. It's just like a, a product range name now, isn't it? Because there's not just the original things. There's Starburst, millions of things. Well, that's the way that it is with almost everything that's owned by the big conglomerates. Mars, Nestle, you know, they have, um, they have their main things that people have latched on to. Over the years, they have their Snickers, and then they have their peanut butter Snickers squares, and they have their Hershey bars, and they have Hershey bars with almonds, white Hershey, yeah. cookies and cream Hershey. I mean, uh, what they do is they just introduce new candies under the same same branding name, but even though they're entirely different. So we we don't really have a lot of that. We we will no. occasionally there'll occasionally be special editions of things like got a dark chocolate Mars bar. Or something like that, a white chocolate Kit Kat, that kind of thing. Uh, but they never use, they, they don't do a lot of ranges of things like that. Everything tends to be its own thing. Huh. We, yeah. So, so you, I guess the candy producers here seem to view it like, um, you know how all the, the movies this, uh, this day and age, well, that, that was a poor phrasing. It makes me sound like I'm 70 years old, but. <laughs> All the movies in the last 10 years or so have been remakes or reboots or rehashing or relaunches. Yeah. Because it's a built-in audience. If you know the name Total Recall from the Arnie movie that came out in the late 80s, then you probably will – I mean even if you don't go see the movie, you'll you'll know what the advertisement is now for the new one that's coming out this year. Uh, you'll be tempted to go see it. You'll be just that little bit more inclined to go check it out. And I think that's the way that the candy – producers view it as well if they introduce something that's called starburst gum which i think that they have i'm almost certain then if you've ever had a starburst you can identify with what the gum might be and you're more likely to pick it up at the checkout line do you know thinking about it where we would get that sort of thing is where they go into ice creams so you'd get things like starburst lollipops frozen ones that sort of thing that um, sounds amazing yeah, let me look those up. I didn't actually think about those. Um, I would be on that in a minute. They're, they're so, they're basically, every bar of chocolate has an ice cream equivalent. 
No pretty, way. Pretty much, yeah. The, the, um, what's the right thing to search I mean, for? we have ice a lot of cross-branding here. Well, Briars will do, like, you know, Snickers in your ice cream. But it's not anything that you would expect to find when you go to the store. It's just something that... You know, it's always a limited run of something. And, and yeah, there are like, uh, well, I'm going to fall back on Snickers again, but Snickers ice cream bars. Those have been around for a long time. But I don't know anyone personally who would say, hey, I'm going to the store to buy some Snickers ice cream bars. They're, they're very much just um, impulse buy gimmicks. Oh, no, these are, these are serious things here. I'm just, I've found the right webpage, Mars Ice Cream. Um, so yeah, so you've got your Mar- your ice cream Snickers, but there's ice cream Mars, there's ice cream, right, there's a Starburst Berry Blast smoothie bar and a Starburst Exotic smoothie bar, there's a Maltesers bar, which, uh, god, what did I have that were exactly Maltesers, Laurie sent us some, clearly not Junior Mints, <sighs> they came in a box, I can't remember now. I'm Googling. I've never heard of a Maltese bar, but damn it, Maltesers. I want to hear it. Maltesers, it's sort of honeycomb with chocolate, round balls, very light. You could eat a million of them. Is it uh, S-E-R-S on the end, Maltesers? Yes, S-E-R-S. Okay. Um, Let's see. And then, oh, Whoppers. Right. Yeah, those are Whoppers. I love those. Yeah, um, which I've, I've, I've had those. Yeah, like I say, Laurie sent us some over. Um, but there's Twix ice cream, there's uh, Milky Way Magic Stars ice cream, uh, Galaxy ice cream bars, just so many. There's, like I say, every ice cream has a, every chocolate bar has an ice cream equivalent, which is awesome. It it really, really is. See, we like our ice cream as well, a lot. If you're going to go into a store, a grocery store, a corporate not not your corner neighborhood, you know, run in and, and get local produce stuff. I'm talking about a brand name grocery store. If you're going to go in there, are all of the candies up front? Um, Is there a set place in your store where you would go for candy? Yeah, I'd ex- I'd, th- there are places where I'd expect to find it, depending on the type of store. Absolutely. Um, because ours are almost all, I mean, a lot of grocery stores do have a candy aisle or a candy section, but it's inevitable that when you go to the checkout line, since you're going to be standing there for five to ten minutes waiting to be checked out in a lot of cases, that you're going to be surrounded on all sides by big stacks of candy. And that's how they get you. Because you're standing there, you look at the magazine titles, you get bored, you tap your feet, you glare at the person in front of you who's fumbling with a bunch of coupons, and then your eyes fall on the candy, and you think, I'm not hungry. I don't need that. I've had too many calories. I'm fat. I need to lose weight. And then you say, but, you know, just one Kit Kat wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why that I suffer from that a great deal. I, I still suffer from, at the age of 33, being able to have whatever chocolate I want. You, you'll, have, you'll have been through this yourself. You, you go through it, I think, at most the first time you go away to, to college. The first time in your life when you don't have to justify to anyone else what you're doing or what you're consuming. <laughs> You've been through this. The, the first time you realize, no one's going to make me eat that if I don't want to. I can I decide. Can eat whatever yeah. I want. And that's where the weight gain started because I went to college at 150 pounds and left college at 210. Yeah. So that'll tell you about my eating habits there. Uh, ask Lisa sometime. She'll tell you. 
uh, what would Jason eat on a given night in the cafeteria at college? And she'll say, well, he'd go through and get himself a spicy hot dog with extra mustard. And then uh, for dessert, he'd go over and get some Cap'n Crunch in a bowl, but instead of milk, he'd pour some soft serve ice cream <laughs> on that sucker. That's superb. That is that is absolutely superb. Well, it is superb, and it would be great for one time, but the problem is that Lisa and I would make a habit of doing that, or on a Sunday morning, getting up, going to brunch, and seeing who could eat the most bacon. That's that's a good competition. I might I might try and get Alison into it. She'll be up for that. <laughs> She'll be up for that. <laughs> Well, we can't do it anymore because we're responsible adults. That's it. You, and you have a child now. You have to set an example. That's right. But capital I, R, capital A. You've got to set that example. Yeah, but you I gotta still... you got to be the... Ugh. I, I still have that thing where I'm still thinking, I can't. I want a double-decker and I want a boost. So I'll have a double-decker and a boost. That's, that's you just said sov- two words that are foreign to me. Right, let me find those because they're important pieces of chocolate. Especially the the double decker. This is sort of imagine sort of densely packed biscuit, crispy, rice crispy type stuff in a bar with chewy nougat on top of that, covered in chocolate. Okay, I've got it. I've got a photo here from uh, from Wikipedia. Yeah. Now these things that. these things have been around all my life, and I I love these. That looks almost kind of sort of like a Snicker bar, but with um, crisp rice in it instead. Yeah. Like maybe if you took a, a Nestle Crunch. Do you have Nestle Crunch there? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you took a Nestle Crunch and rolled it up into a taller bar and then put is, – what is that on, on the top? Is that that's the chewing butter or toffee? No, that's the nougat. That's, okay. That's what you would call nougat. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's, that's, it's much more chewy than a Milky Way. Okay. And, and a Mars, much chewier than that. My personal favorite thing to do, if you leave them in the fridge or ideally the freezer for a while, you can eat one layer and then eat the other layer. It's it's absolutely disgusting for anyone else in the room with you, but it, there are a few things I've done with my body that were as much fun. Put it that way. You you, you just you eat the biscuit bit off and then you've just got the, the chocolate-coated nougat on top and it's awesome. And then, and then Wikipedia doesn't have a picture for Boost, so I don't know what I'm looking at here, but it says... Um, uh, Cadbury. Yeah, a boost bar is actually another one of those ones made out of things that I don't know entirely what they are. Um, it says it was launched in 1985 as a tough coconut and caramel bar coated in chocolate. Yeah, they went through with various different. It's it's sort of like they're in, so they're round. Well, they're flat on the bottom because they have to make them somehow, I suppose. Uh, but they're sort of rounded on top, and that's chocolate then there's a layer of caramel then there's so the middle section is sort of stuff uh i it's difficult to say what it is it's kind of chocolate but not and it's not quite nougat it's it's not stretchy or springy or anything like that it crumbles when you bite into it does it crunch no uh well it it kind of does but only because there's biscuits in there so you wouldn't compare it say to a twix no not at all not at all. The the crunch is mainly when you're chewing afterwards. You rarely bite it and it'll crunch. But it it does happen. And when they came out, there was a so there was one with bits of coconut in, ones with bits of uh, biscuit, and ones and I think there was a third one. It's probably on the history. And they basically just did the one that stuck was the biscuit version. Uh, and it's it's been around for for years and years. And they now this and the double decker they have duo bars. 
this is this is brilliant and i'm not sure that you have these but i'm surprised that you don't although it's probably better for you as a nation that you don't i think i know where this is going do you have some legislation that says you can only have certain serving sizes that's what it's about yeah because a, a few years ago the government decided everyone was getting really fat and to be fair we're we're all getting really fat and so what the you know in response to all this negative press the major chocolate brands had to do something about this so now they all they all sponsor lots of sporting events that sort of thing you collect the wrappers on your chocolate bar to win sports equipment for your school which is just ridiculous as a concept <laughs> eat more chocolate win sports equipment but it's true it happens because and that makes it a healthy thing i mean exactly. it's, it's good then yeah. yeah and so what what they did for a while we had king size things which were basically a normal size plus a half kind of in a single bar and that was oh that's can't do that anymore that's making us fat king size that's great, called jason size in america yeah great college stoner food the number of times i was sent to <laughs> all-night garages for king size snickers and mars bars and things like that it's you know ridiculous and so they decide we can't have these anymore so what but people still want to buy them because that's what people buy. Why would you buy the little one when there's a big one? You know, chocolate's nice. I want more of it. Um, but if you can buy two yeah, little ones. So that's it. They started putting two in the same packet and calling it a duo. So it actually ended up being far more chocolate than the king size was in the first place. But because it's cut in half, it's okay. Yeah. Guess what, Merca? You're going to start seeing that too soon because... Uh, Michelle Obama's uh, office has just forged a deal with the major candy makers in the United States to do much the same, to, to limit the portion serving sizes on uh, on candy bars. Yeah, so it's, it has good intentions, but I don't think it worked. I mean, it could have easily worked out. There's no reason why it shouldn't have, um, other than clearly we just, we just wanted more chocolate. And my attitude was always, fine, make them smaller, I'll buy two, I don't care. Because now, it, of the ones that we've talked about already tonight, of the, the candy bars specifically, or, or maybe even the ones that we haven't talked about, but are there maybe like a big three that you would pick out and identify and say, if you polled 100 people who live in the UK, these are the three candy bars that they say are the candy bars, the, the, the major ones? I think it would be, I think the three major ones, I think you've got Mars Bar, Snickers Bar, and arguably Twix. I think Kit Kat's the one that everybody eats probably every day they go to work and doesn't realize. From what I, you know, I've always heard that Kit Kat is something that they just can't produce quick enough. You ne you'd, oh, you'd never have trouble selling Kit Kats. And I think that's that's true for everyone, but it, it's kind of the sneaker one. No one, re you don't realize it. It's, it's arguably quite close to a biscuit because it's great with coffee. But... The Mars bar, the Snickers bar, and the Twix. They're, they're, I think they're the big three. See, Mars wasn't really that popular here, I don't think, because it was discontinued a bunch of years ago. And I just checked that on Wikipedia here. It says it came back in 2010 in the U.S. Right. But I haven't seen one for a long time. Mar Mars isn't something that I think would show up on a top three list if you pulled people here. Wow. I think the, the big three here would be the Hershey bar. The Kit Kat, like you were saying. And then the third one, I'm not sure. I mean, it's so variable and probably from region to region since we're so big. But when I was little, I would have said definitely Butterfinger would have been up there. I right. don't think that's the case anymore. Um, maybe maybe Twix now or 
maybe three musketeers one of those two probably would fit in there somehow see i feel bad limiting it to three i really do because there's there's so many others there's i've never met anyone that doesn't like double deckers it's honestly if you find someone who doesn't like those genuinely doesn't like them i'd, I'd be uneasy around that person really uh and i've left out the cabbage dairy milk bar which is the the difference with the dairy milk is it's a slab of chocolate it's not quite a not in the same way that a twix is a chocolate bar it's not made of it's just a slab of chocolate it's but, not enrobed in any way it's just no. pure chocolate um they there are different varieties there's the whole nut which is the slab of chocolate with nuts in and the fruit and nut which is the slab of chocolate with nuts and raisins in that's my personal favorite cuz i like the raisins in there you can get both of those here in just about any drugstore, but they're usually reserved to like a specialty chocolate section. Like, I mean, there's the gross mass produced chocolate section that you're going to find taking up most of the aisles. But usually there's a thin little sliver of the shelves that's Cadbury and Russell Stover's and like high cocoa count type chocolate bars yeah. that usually are, are pretty high priced compared to the rest. So you do get you do get Cadbury stuff over there because that's most uh, people. If you ask them what Cadbury is, they would say Cadbury eggs, and that would be the only exposure. But if you go to your drugstore, you will probably find it an actual Cadbury bar. Right. I, I think that they tend to get overlooked though. Because that that I I honestly believe having put effort into trying chocolate from all over the world, I still come back to Cadbury's dairy milk as as simply the best chocolate anywhere. Not to say that others aren't nice. You know, the the European chocolates are incredible, but they're, they're much creamier and milkier and softer as chocolate. Cadbury's See, is... I knew that we would eventually get into this because every time that you and I have talked food, it inevitably turns around to American chocolate sucks. It really does, you know. I'm sorry, but it, it, it's it's inedible. <laughs> I've I've tried as much of it as is humanly possible. Honestly, I've I've really put effort into this a lot. But you know, when when I come over there, I eat as much food as possible. Um because it's stuff we hear about and you you want to just try it. And we, so we we really put work into it. And then people have sent stuff over uh, over here over the years and and as I said Alison has friends out there who send stuff over from time to time. And it's all horrid. I, I've never had, with the exception of Milk Duds, I've never had any confectionery from, from the United States that I would want to eat again. Or so even American another chocolate, handful of. Uh, American chocolate, would you say, is it chalky compared to what you have then? It's very chalky. It's very bitter. Um, strange Not thing to say. milk, do you think? Yeah, it, it's, it's very dry, very crumbly in comparison. Um if chocolate can be dry mm -hmm. uh, it, it's it's just a different beast altogether and it's i really hate it it's it's really unpleasant to eat and especially with sort of the english and the, the other european chocolates it's a different world it really is and hershey's stuff is foul we we had this we had this trick when we when we first went over to san francisco we bought brought back several big bags of various sweets the tootsie rolls were awesome that's one i've forgotten big fan of tootsie rolls really yeah 
just chewy. Of all the things you're going to choose to like, you're going to choose Tootsie Rolls. They might have been special chocolatey ones. I'm not sure. Uh, but they were little smaller ones, and I just sat and could chew on those all day. They were they were fine. Uh, but we Tootsie got... Rolls are basically the wax that you pick out of your ears. Right. With a little bit of chocolate <laughs> flavoring. Yeah. I liked them. They were, they were, they were okay. But the, the ones that we got, they were Hershey's Kisses, but tiny ones. I, I don't know if they were a special edition. They were much closer to, to an M&M, but they were Hershey's Kiss shaped with the Hershey's chocolate in. Mm-hmm. And our favorite trick for a while was to have people come to the house and we'd offer these to them as like, hey, try this exciting new American sweets and just watch their faces as they realize what it actually tasted like. And just honestly, the things people said to us, like, why, why would you do that? Why did, what have you done that for? Why are you giving me that? Because they had this bitter aftertaste that quite frankly tasted of sick. And, and that sort of, it was horrid. You I know, don't you've mean said to that be... many, many times, the, the aftertaste thing, how it tastes yeah. vomitous. And I've actually, after hearing you do that a couple of times, I've gone and gotten a piece of chocolate from, you know, like a Hershey's Kiss or something along those lines to try it. I don't get it. I don't know where you're coming from with that. Maybe it's maybe it's some part of my brain, some part of the American psyche that has become so brainwashed by the chocolate that we have that we don't don't notice this. Maybe we don't know how well you have it in other parts of the world. I, I don't know. but There must be something, because you can't deny the fact there's 300 plus million of you guys buying probably millions of bars of this stuff every day. Yeah, I've never met anyone who's yeah. complained about the quality of a chocolate bar. But it really is quite low. And the, oh God, the Reese's stuff um, is it's kind of all right in small quantities when you've got a lot of the peanut butter stuff, depending on the particular product, but... The chocolate's poor quality. It's really not... It, it it just doesn't stand up. I'm not sure if you know this about me, Rich, but are you aware that I have a slightly addictive personality? I've heard such rumors. Okay, so you can then envision in your mind that if Jason were to have access to unlimited quantities of Reese's peanut butter cups, <laughs> they would not stop going into my mouth yeah. for all of eternity uh, I would continue to eat them until I grew to such a size that I exploded and peanut butter just shot out. Just shot out. Like uh, like the ending scene uh, from Big Trouble in Little China. That's that's a wonderful image. <laughs> but no, those are oh, those are just so good. And and Reese's peanut butter cups in anything is terrific. You put it in ice cream, it's great. You put it in cereal, it's great. There's there's Reese's peanut butter cup cereal here. Did you know that? I didn't know that. It's amazing. Wow. No, we don't. We don't have that, and it's no, we didn't. It's just, I don't know. It it just doesn't taste like chocolate to us. <laughs> and like I say, we give this stuff to lots of people that came here. It's not just me and Allison that think this. It's everyone we know also thinks this. And part of me thinks, I don't know. Is it just the fact that that's what you get? But it's not just all you get because you've got Cadbury stuff available to you. If 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 I was really right in what I'm saying, surely you'd all eventually try a Cadbury's Dairy Milk bar and realize what the problem was. But that's not happening either. Yeah. So I think it is just a matter of. Um, I mean, it's the same thing. Well, let's not go down that road. But uh, I think it's what you're given when you're a kid is what you what you like. 
regardless of its inherent quality, which is why McDonald's exists and why we're so willing to eat it, even though it's terrible. And I could have gone anywhere else tonight. Lisa could have stopped anywhere else, any other burger joint, high class. She could have gotten brown bag burgers or five guys and brought that home. But no, it was McDonald's because McDonald's was quick, easy and available because there's so damn many of them. See, that makes me jealous because I went to McDonald's because there's nowhere else to go. Oh, quite serious. There's nowhere else to go. I see. Yeah. I see adverts of Burger King on TV occasionally, but I couldn't drive to one right now. Not without looking at where there is. How many fast food hamburger places there are within 10 miles of my house? No, I I, I, because it's a big number, isn't it? I count four McDonald's, (laughs) three Burger Kings. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's nothing else. Nothing Two else. <laughs> you you'll occasionally there's a KFC. Oh, but, there is a KFC. Yeah. Um <laughs> two Arby's. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I go to McDonald's or you go hungry. There's no jack in the box. There's no what else, whatever else there is. There's just nothing. You might the only time you'll see other things, you might see a Burger King far less these days which upsets me greatly because i think they're far superior um and you might at motorway service stations you'll see wimpy and only at motorway service station oh and bowling alleys they also seem to have wimpies and they used to be wimpies on the high street but no more uh pardon me when you say wimpy are you referring in any way to the popeye character yes Yes. Really? And there was an entire chain of restaurants, or is an entire chain of restaurants, based on that characterization. I actually think it's the other way around. The character based on the chain, really? I need to look this up, because that could just be horrific, what I'm saying. But the Wimpy brand was created in the 1930s. Oh, yeah, you're right. The name was inspired by the character of Jay Wellington Wimpy from the Popeye cartoons created by E.C. Yeah, I, I could I could hardly believe that it was the other way around because, yeah. I mean, Ray Kroc was the one who really started the McDonald's revolution, and that wasn't until the 50s when they started doing the whole fast food um, assembly line style manufacturing of food. Yeah. So. Oh, God, the, the Wikipedia photo is the Huddersfield one. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, that is terrible. And that photo looks like it was taken in the early 80s, if not earlier. Oh no, look at the Audi outside. No, it's just Huddersfield is that horrible. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. The shops genuinely look like they did in the 80s, but there's a brand new Audi car parked outside, so it's clearly a recent picture. So, that's it's an awful place. You know, one other thing that we absolutely have to address here is the the Halloween phenomenon. Right. Because I've heard tell that while you do have Halloween, it's mostly something that's relegated to adult celebration and not necessarily toward trick-or-treating. Or or at the very least, that trick-or-treating in the UK has only been a very recent phenomenon. It has, and it's been entirely copied off you guys because kids realized that they could get chocolate. Simple as that. So when you were a kid, you didn't dress up? No. There was no October 31st celebration. You didn't go door to door? Nope. Certainly by that time you had seen E.T. Yep. Completely familiar with... Yeah, completely familiar with the concept of Halloween. 
And there was no child uprising where you demanded equal rights. Well, no, clearly there was, but (laughs) I just wasn't a child by the time it happened. Oh, too late for you to cash in on it. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Clearly this has happened, you know? Or, Or maybe it got to the point where people my age had kids and thought, this isn't fair. We didn't get to do it. They should. Or maybe they just thought, get out of the house. Go. Go for an hour. I don't care. Maybe they thought that. But yeah, now you kind of you kind of get trick-or-treaters. You, they come in two varieties. They're either really silly teenagers who've got nothing better to do than bang on people's doors, are not dressed up and just want to demand things from you in the way that teenagers do, or they're five years old and they're with their mum. That's it. No one in between. And and the adults have kind of jumped onto the idea because they've realized, again from you guys, that this is a legitimate reason to have a party and get shit-faced. Oh, yeah. So if that opportunity presents itself, you'd surely be a fool to, to do it. Plus, you don't need a babysitter because the kids have gone out trick-or-treating. Leave them. It's fine. Kids don't really die on Halloween. That's just an urban myth. Yeah, it kind of is. Halloween is oddly safe. And a lot of it here over the past... I don't know, 20 years has been because of safety campaigns driven specifically to make sure that parents aren't sending their kids out by themselves to go trick-or-treating. Right. You know, have the adult with you, wear bright clothing, do it generally during daylight hours. It it used to be uh, when I would go trick-or-treating with my little brother. You had to wait until after dark. There was no point in doing it at daytime. Now cities will specifically schedule Halloween, sometimes not even on Halloween itself. They'll say trick-or-treating is the Sunday night before uh, Halloween. Um, And they'll say, you know, it'll be from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. So it's it's pretty bright out still. And they'll have big posters everywhere saying, don't forget to wear your reflective clothing. Uh, Take these safety precautions. Only accept candy from people that you know. Never accept unwrapped candy, that sort of thing, you know, to make yeah. sure that there's no no problems. Yeah, but we, we just don't have that here, really. I, mean, I don't think anyone came last Halloween. It, it varies. Nobody at all. Yeah. It, it varies. It just, I suppose, because we're, we're in a small village, and if there aren't any five-year-old kids, then they're not going to come. My perception where I've been here is that Halloween's been kind of dying down in popularity in the last 10 years or so as well. But I'm kind of torn. I I think that that might be entirely false and that it's just because I haven't had a kid to take. See, I suppose you'll find this out over the next sort of 10, 15 years. Right. As Ryland's growing up here, we're we're definitely going to take her trick-or-treating, of course. What parent would deny their kid free candy? Well, English parents. (laughs) <laughs> quite frankly <laughs> but yes we'll we'll definitely be doing the door to door thing and daddy will be taking half the share I think it's only fair well I mean I'm doing more than half of the work really with the costumes and the transportation and the gas exactly she's not making the costume she's not That's driving right. everywhere she's not buying it if she wants that she should go out and get a job quite frankly, frankly 50% is generous it is I, I yeah. would say so Yeah, absolutely um, although here it would be 50% of nothing, really. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You see, we have the other problem that it's quite close to bonfire night where we celebrate the, the execution of a traitor to the crown who died 400 years ago. Oh, you and your English. <laughs> when you're talking about bonfire night, you're talking about... Uh, Guy Fawkes uh, night, yeah. Right. 
November right. the 5th. So that's generally, you'll have a lot more happen on that night. Again, remember, not... remember the 5th of November. That's the, the, the rhyme I was searching for. That's the one. Exactly. I was trying desperately one. not to say V for Vendetta Night. Yeah, where we, we burn an effigy of someone who tried to blow up the king in Parliament like 400 odd years ago. It's what we do. I don't know why we still do that. Well, because again, excuses for let's have a big bonfire and drink lots and have baked potatoes and bonfire toffee, which is a very specific type of toffee that comes out once a year because your teeth won't survive the rest of the year <laughs> if this is available to you all year. Seriously. It's, it's evil stuff, but I love it, but only once. And we let our fireworks. Really terrible, awful fireworks, by the way. If, if there's one thing I could say about the Americans, it's that, damn, you guys can do fireworks. Oh, you know, if we amazing stuff. Yeah. But us, no. We, we, have call, we have a company called Standard, and they make Standard Fireworks. And they've made Standard Fireworks for the last thousand years. And so you'll buy this box that has one of each type, and they're all crap. And it's, it's just what you do. We'd, I've not done it for many years because it's, it's really terrible. I don't know. And plus, I think there's a difference between, you know, when you're at the Magic Kingdom and you're sat outside the, the Cinderella's castle and they're doing the firework display behind it and it's midnight and Tinkerbell comes by. That's one thing, okay? That's, that's good. When it's stuff you've done from a box in your backyard, it's, it's really not that impressive. And there are much better things I'd rather do with my time. <laughs> yeah, anything. There's probably something good on TV rather than that awful, awful firework you bought for £3. So, so that's what we do instead of Halloween. Maybe, yeah. maybe it will flip one day. I don't know. It, the it guy sounds like you're really thing, missing out. Yeah. The Guy Fawkes thing's stupid and it doesn't come with chocolate. There was a call to ban uh, privately bought fireworks here, which I'm still with, actually. We do a lot of that here. There are only certain states where you can buy them, and usually you have to sign some sort of permit saying, uh, I am buying these fireworks in Kentucky. I will not be setting them off anywhere uh, in uh, other than Kentucky under the direct supervision of an adult or something like that. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. But we, we did a put there was a Downing Street petition for it and the response there actually was a response that said there's actually as dangerous as you all think they are, there's actually no statistic to support the fact that they are in any way severely dangerous. as much as you think it is, no one really gets hurt. So we can't really there's no justification for banning them. <laughs> so oh, yeah. we have an update by the way. Uh Carlos in the chat room is from Florida and he says, yes, definitely. Halloween is still popular for kids and a lot of people love to dress up. So I guess it is just my perception about Halloween dying down here. Right. Uh, I, I know that we moved about five years ago to a very quiet street and it's, it's not a dead end, but there's no reason to come into the little you that we live on unless you live here. You so nobody does. You, you don't know cul-de-sac, do you? Oh, we do. Yeah. We Would do you say that? Right. But okay. That's not what we are. I mean, we, we don't end in a cul-de-sac. We just, it's a, it's a road that just use in and use back out to the main road. Oh, we'd call that a crescent. The a street crescent. name would inevitably be something crescent. Okay. With that, that's fair enough. I could guarantee you. That's, that's one thing we'd do. 
but we don't get trick-or-treaters usually right i think it's good i've often called it child begging night it's just like (laughs) what what you're gonna you've come to my house and said give me something or we'll screw you over somehow get the fuck away if an adult came up to you in the street and said trick-or-treat you'd call a policeman so trick-or-treat here is relegated entirely just to the traditional line that you would say no one is actually going to trick I mean, with the exception of maybe some teenagers, and they're just all jackasses anyway. Yeah, it just is like, what a weird concept. We, we're we a funny bunch of monkeys, you know, us humans. We really are do some crazy things. Let's get back to chocolate, because there's so much, well, sweets, because there's so much that I've got, I've got to cover. Are there uh, sweets that you loved when you were a kid that you have given up on entirely? No. No, I still love all of them. It's a severe problem. It, it there, really is. There are a couple that come to mind that people <coughs> seem to abandon when they get older. Right. Um, and I think that this might have been, I can't remember exactly what candy it was that people were talking about on the forum at simplysyndicated.com, the, the remastered forum. But somebody had brought up, I think it was about the pouch where you dip the stick in. Oh, uh, yeah. The sherbet dib-dab. And I... I, I wouldn't be able to tell you where to even get those now. Uh, it seems very much like a like a camp kind of food, like a summer camp kind of candy. Yeah, no, we still we still have those. They're they're still well on the go. Absolutely. Um, the only things I suppose I'd have dropped off now as an adult are the ones that kind of turn your mouth a color, and things like that. Or so, the ones that fizz and pop in your mouth, maybe. No, they're still quite popular. Oh, really? And Allison rather famously loves those, the popping candy. <laughs> um, but, that you know, things like blackjacks, which are kind of, they're, they're more a chew. They're, they're not a chocolate, they're a chew. And they're, they're very nice, but they turn your mouth black. And so I wouldn't eat that as an adult. <clears throat> you, know, you certainly wouldn't eat them and then go out anywhere. But other than that, no. I honestly still love all of them. I found a website, UKSweets.com. And I'm just going through things like drumstick bars which are, they're just chewy lollipop things which are awesome they're the th- they're sort of you can't eat they're too small to eat as a lollipop on a stick so you end up pulling the whole thing off and just chewing it but right it, it's too yeah. big to do that with and so then you've suddenly got a mouthful of this stuff and you're quiet for half an hour um what else fruit salads like the non-black turning version of blackjacks just little chew things wham bars Giant fizzes, love hearts. I think you have love hearts. The, the, you have love hearts, but they only come out at Valentine's Day. Right. Okay. Or uh, or maybe weddings. Right. No, we have them. They're available all the time. Uh, refreshers, which are the the chewy stuff, but with sherbet in the middle, so they get fizzy. Um, they're awesome. Uh, so god, wine gums. Do you have wine gums? I don't even know what that is. Expand. Tell me, Rich. Now, this is going to... I'm going to have to look these up. Um, And I think I'm not going to like what they're made of. Let's have a look. Wine gums. A chewy, firm, pastel-type sweet, similar to gumdrops without the sugar coating. While generally manufactured from gelatin... There we go. At least one wine gum brand, Swedish Fish, contains no gelatin. All have their own... Ah, Swedish Fish. Now you're talking my language. Right. All have their own mixes containing various sweetness, flavorings, and colorings. Wine gums are popular in Ireland, the UK, and many Commonwealth nations. 
Uh, Would you classify gummy bears as wine gums then? No, it's a different thing. Gummy bears is much softer. Uh, wine gums are, are quite chewy. Okay. Um, yeah, they're they're a different thing altogether. I'd I'd say gummy bears are cl- well, they're gummy, aren't they? That's they are what they are. Right, they're melty and sticky, and they're they're very pliable. Yeah, um, but wine gums again, they're another thing that have been around for all my life, if not longer, uh, and and they're infinitely popular. Things things generally don't drop off in popularity as far as sweets go. Um, occasionally things disappear, and you don't kind of notice it. There was a campaign a few years ago on Facebook that actually managed to bring a chocolate bar back from the death, which was <laughs> brilliant because I, I, that was the Whisper Bar, which is sort of a slab of chocolate with many millions of tiny bubbles. Uh, and they're, they're just gorgeous. No, like I said, Swedish uh, fish, I know those. They, they have a long and storied history with me. Right. Uh, when I was a little kid, let's see, probably... I would have been, I think I would have been seven years old, seven or eight. Uh, from the time I was about seven or eight till the time I was about 12. Uh, you, you know that my dad was a pastor, right? Yeah. Okay. So he was a pastor in what's called the Wesleyan denomination, the Wesleyan church. And all of the Wesleyan churches in, in a large portion of upstate New York would get together and they would go to this church camp. And uh, they would have like a teen week at the church camp. Right. Where all the teens would go, they would do, you know, basketball and they would have skits and they would swim and all kinds of fun stuff. But the absolute best part of it for me, since I wasn't a teen, but my dad was there, was that uh, my my parents ran the snack shop. That was their job at the church camp. All the pastors had different jobs. Some would, you know, uh, work in the cafeteria. Others would be counselors, all, all this kind of stuff. But my parents blessedly ran the snack shop and so at the beginning of this teen week each summer they would get uh a, you know like a thousand dollars to go to the big candy supply warehouse and buy all the candies wow. and they would take me with them yeah. and they would say jason what would you like to eat if you could choose anything and so i would get the clipboard and i would go through <laughs> the warehouse and i would say well we're going to need and i would check it all off but one of the most popular things, one of the most saleable things that they would always stack in the snack shop was uh, the penny candies, Swedish fish, chief among them. Because, I mean, this is something that uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, you could sell for, you know, for, for a nickel and still make your profit or at least make your money back. Yeah. Uh, so Swedish uh, – I almost said Swedish chef, but <laughs> Swedish fish, <laughs> definitely something that you could buy – uh, and I'm not sure, do you do uh, soda can, aluminum can, recycling redemptions? Yes. In the oh, UK? not redemptions, not that I know of. Maybe so somewhere. In New York and several other states, Michigan, uh, Massachusetts, you know, a bunch of the northeastern states, what you do is when you buy a bottle of Coke or when you buy a can of Pepsi, you put five cents down as a deposit on it. It's part of the price when they ring it up. It's It's like a tax. Right. But then when you go and take your can to the recycling, uh, they'll give you that nickel back. Right. So what the kids would do at the camp, you know, all the the preacher's kids who are running around with nothing to do, is we'd go around and we'd collect all these soda cans that the teens had thrown on the ground, take them, uh, get the five-cent deposit back, 
and then go to the snack shop loaded with, you know, 40 cents or whatever we'd gotten from, from the cans we'd found laying around on the picnic tables or, or wherever. And with that 40 cents, I mean, your, your options back then were unlimited. You could get taffy or Swedish fish or lollipops or ring pops. Those were big back then. You get your, uh, your Tootsie Rolls. Um, trying to think of other things that were really cheap. Uh, chocolate coins. Do you have those? Oh, yeah. Both white and milk chocolate. Um, cola bottles. Cola bottles. Oh, man. Now, would those be considered uh, um, wine shoes? Is that what you called them? They're much closer to it, but still a little softer. But, okay. And and in the shape of a bottle with a brown bit on the bottom, like this is a little bottle of cola, and you eat the whole thing. Because I know you also have the wax bottle thing, right. which freaks me the hell out. It's pretty nasty. Wax is not a confectionery-based ingredient. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. They're one of the candies that you don't really want to think about what goes into them. Yeah. Just like you were saying with the candy hearts. Yeah. You really don't want to think about what that is. Because it's, it's basically bone meal. I feel bad that I once tried one. I really do. Uh, they, they're, yeah, they were, they were foul. The problem comes the next day because wax doesn't digest. Yeah. So what you get is this big lump that slides through you. Oh, you see, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. <laughs> see, now this is this drags me onto a different range of sweets. Things like, let's see what you know of these cola cubes. No clue. Right, just a hard-boiled candy in a perfect cube, taste of cola, covered in sugar. Very, very bad for your teeth. Can you chew it, or no. is it one of those candies that's a hard it's candy? It's hard candy. You suck it or you chomp it, and if what, whichever one you choose, you feel your teeth degrade as quickly as the sweet that you're eating. It's so this whole this whole range of candies that we're going to discuss now is the kind that could go on a lollipop stick if you wanted it to. If you really wanted it to, I suppose, yeah. Okay, so we're talking about things like butterscotches and peppermints and any of that hard brax candy. Yeah, but we had things like pear drops as well they they were they continue to be incredible and and my personal favorite rhubarb and custard sweets that just is, sounds disgusting no they're incredible the, the all and all these things the, the, like the rhubarb and custard they've never been near neither rhubarb rhubarb nor custard this is a, it's a, basically a boiled hard lump of sugar with a chemical flavoring these are things that would have existed during the war you can get them from sort of like the classic sweet shops in Howarth, but they're, they're still everywhere. Uh, but they're considered like all-time classic sweets. Uh, and these, these hard candies are the kind of thing that it sounds like it's the same thing there that it is here, where it's something you're going to find in a dish on your grandparents' countertop. More likely found in a paper bag in a coat pocket or something okay. like that. I, I, my uh, my great-grandfather... Before he died, back in the, uh, the the late '80s, he would always offer you something from his pocket, and you never knew what he was going to pull out. And the poor guy—I mean, he was a coal miner. He only had three fingers on his right hand, so right. when he reached into his his pocket, usually he would try to grasp some candy, and a whole bunch of it would spill out. And it would be things like uh, uh, strawberry. Uh, it's strawberry in quotes, of course, because you're right. None of this actually tasted like what the advertising was, but like strawberry hard candy. Or circus marshmallows. Do you remember those? Circus marshmallows. I'm familiar with marshmallows, the circus bit. 
Well, not so it's not. It's not really marshmallow. It's um, it's like a really hard marshmallow. That it's kind of it's kind of like a really tough foam. And circus peanut marshmallows are the the kind of famous ones that you have here. They're kind of orangish. Right. They taste a little bit sherbet like, and they're they're shaped like peanuts. Right. No, I don't. I'm trying to think of a reason to tell you to try one, but I can't think of a reason. Right. <laughs> what else do we have? There's so so many, you know, and they're all equally good. Any of these things I've mentioned tonight, I would be equally sad were any of them to disappear. Um, cinder toffee. Are you fam- You must be familiar with cinder toffee. I'm familiar with toffee, but not cinder. It might be just something that goes by a different name here. Go ahead and describe it. Um, it's much more a honeycomb sort of construction. It's called toffee, but it's you, you wouldn't if you were given some toffee and some cinder toffee and asked are these two things the same thing, you would say no, if you didn't know what they were. Um, there's not much. I can't find it. There must be a decent picture online. From what I'm seeing on Google Images, it looks like something that's probably more apt to be homemade candy no no not at all i mean there's there's such a thing as we call it the crunchy bar which again is a at least been around since the the late 70s and continues to be as popular it's it's allison's default chocolate bar the the crunchy when she said if you ever want to get me chocolate and i'm not there to ask get a crunchy and it's basically a long piece of cinder toffee covered in chocolate so I've got a cross-section photo of a crunchy bar here, and it looks looks almost like a like a Butterfinger, maybe, but a little bit more cohesive, like it doesn't flake. Yeah, do you know what? If it was called butter candy, it wouldn't that wouldn't feel off at all. Have you ever seen or had a Butterfinger? No, not that. And that's I've got to put that one on my list. Okay, so let's find you a picture of a Butterfinger and see if this um, see if this comes anywhere close. Let's see. Yeah, Butterfingers. Like I said, Butterfinger is um, something that kind of, I mean, it, it flakes an awful lot more. It, it breaks apart very, very easily. But it sounds pretty close. I oh, just I posted see. a, a I, link there in the chat. Yeah. It looks close, but it looks a bit more flaky. I'm surprised Fam- that's a Nestle thing. I'm surprised we don't have that, actually. Famously advertised by Bart Simpson. Yeah. Don't lay a finger on my Butterfinger, man. No, we don't. We don't have that. But I'm su- I'm surprised because there aren't many things that don't work here, chocolate-wise. But the crunchy bar looks like it cleaves much more cleanly. Yeah, it does. You you could quite happily shatter one. I think if it had been in the fridge for a while, you could you could probably shatter it quite easily. Um, chocolate Cadbury's chocolate eclairs, they're they're incredible. Little toffee bits with soft chocolate in the middle. If you if you're Suck them long enough, you can squeeze the chocolate goo out one end and then eat the toffee. I have obviously disgusting ways of eating all of these things. <laughs> Cadbury's mini eggs, little little tiny egg shapes covered in candy in, in the sugar. You see, that's what we call candy. The candy covered like the coating of an M&M. In that context, I could say candy. You almost sound like you're describing a praline. Almost. No, no. The the mini egg is just it's just Cadbury's chocolate, just chocolate. 
covered oh, in, I got in, you. in like okay. essentially it's not a million miles away from it from an m M&M, m just a bit bigger and egg shaped okay yeah we, we we've got those those come out every easter yeah Cad- cadbury here it's um irretrievably intertwined with the easter holiday for whatever reason probably because of the whole egg thing but i, I should look at cadbury's u.s products i bet i can get a list of that cadbury usa products um does it just want me to keeps directing me to the uk site oh here we go Come here to... i've got it in the chat for you the wikipedia article that lists it Let's see there we go ah so these so these things you've got so you do have wine gums uh had never heard of them before but they they're on the list next to swedish fish right and swedish berries and gummies Fuzzy Peaches, Sour Patch Kids. Mm. Now, Sour Patch Kids, there's another one that's all over the place. I didn't realize that those had anything to do with Cadbury. But See, there's a, uh, there's not really any chocolate there. I see what you're talking about with wine gums. We used to get those in Halloween. Those were like the cheapest houses that you would go to. The dirtiest, smallest ones. They couldn't afford chocolate bars of any kind, so they would throw this hard, nasty, jellied stuff yeah. into your basket. I'd be okay. disappointed with wine gums as a unless you got a packet of wine gums they look pro- kind of close to mike and ike's maybe no mike or... and ike's have a, are a harder outside okay okay they, these are a consistent just lump of gelatin you're clearly eating some part of a cow it's it's not nice as a thought but in fact maybe now it probably is much nicer than it used to be when i was growing up um but yeah you feel you i don't feel their food really but i love them absolutely love them and and the best thing is this is one of those cutesy aren't we sweet kind of things but my favorite ones are the green ones and they're the ones allison doesn't like so when she gets wine gums she just leaves the green ones for me isn't that sweet it sure is i'm sorry i'm sorry i shared that you know Uh, i didn't know that cadbury had its fingers in all these things i'm looking down through this list uh, May 2008, demerged um, from Hershey, I think, looking at this. Uh, the North American business also contained beverage unit Cadbury Schweppes, so it would have been involved with Schweppes ginger ale and all that. Yep. And it looks like um, they're involved with Bubblicious Bubblegum and Chiclets and Dentine. But compare, and- compare this. I've just posted a list of their UK products. And just compare the two lists. Let's see here. Boost, Bourneville, Bourneville, Caramilk, Caramello, Koala. I want to try that. Choose, Cream Egg, Chomp, Crispy Crunch, Crunchies. Curly Whirly, they're awesome. They just... Dairy Milk sure has an awful lot of entries. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Because it's just chocolate, and they just put loads of different stuff in it. The double decker. So, would you say that that's your um, that that's your comparison to Hershey's? Just a, a Hershey's bar would be a dairy milk bar. Yeah, similar. It, they're they're the same. They, they'd be in competition with each other. Absolutely. Dream bars. I've heard of those. I think they're the sort of white chocolate. Yeah, you don't see those so much anymore. But they are, they are still around. But you just don't quite... 
I wouldn't count on seeing those everywhere I go. Claire's the, the flake. The f Cadbury's flake is just incredible. That's a chocolate bar that you can't eat and not get in a mess. I don't know why that is, but it just is. It's just a... Well, it's flakes of chocolate in a, in a giant flake of chocolate. And so you eat it, you take a bite, and the rest of it crumbles to dust. And so you just get covered in it. Very famously advertised with good-looking women looking as if they're about to give a blowjob as they eat it. Yeah, that'll sell me every time. It did very well in the 80s. If you looked up Cadbury's Flake advertising, you, this is all you're going to see. It's like hot woman in the bath, relaxing. She's <laughs> going to eat a chocolate flake, but first, oh, she kind of licks the end of it first. You're like, what? Come on. Come on. But that's that's what they did. Very famous advertising campaign that ran for a lot of years. Finger of fudge. And the thing is, for all of these products, I know the advertising slogan that goes along with them. A finger of fudge is just enough to give your kids a treat. That's the one. And they're little ones. They're the sort of, I've just got home from school and my tea's not ready yet. Have a finger of fudge. Shut the fuck up. You know, I can only think of a few candy bars in the U.S. where they would be very closely associated with some sort of a catchphrase like that. Like of course Kit Kat, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. That's uh, that's a a national thing. That's a you know that's a big trope. But um, Snickers, uh, I can't remember what theirs are. But that's just because I'm stupid. That one's pretty pervasive. Um, See Kit Kat here's a take a break thing. It's that sort of thing. Whereas what else do we have? Mars a day helps you work, rest, and play. That, that really? was it. They actually said, hey, eat one a day. Really? They don't do that anymore. They well, still... chocolate was uh, considered a, a staple of nutrition back in the, the World War II days. Yeah. They would send soldiers out with chocolate bars in their pockets. Because a lot of times that was the only thing that they were going to get. And yes, chocolate is a good energy boost. And yes, it can fill you up for a while. So... Yeah, we have all of these ones, and I, and I can, if not a, an advertising slogan as such, I can certainly remember prominent campaigns and and things associated with that thing. Milky bars. I'm assuming. Do you have the Milky Bar Kid? We we have Milky Ways. Is that what you're talking about? No, Milky bars are a completely different thing. No clue then. Right. Okay. It's again a slab of chocolate kind of thing, but it's it's kind it's not quite white chocolate. It's white chocolate, but it's much milkier. It's it's distinctly milky bar. It's not just white chocolate, but it's the closest. If you you know you you could be forgiven for thinking, oh, it's just white chocolate. So it's it's so similar, but it's a a kids. It's marketed directly at smaller kids. Always has been. And they always had this character on the advert, the Milky Bar Kid, who was this stereotypically sort of eight, nine years old with blonde hair and freckles and round glasses. And over the course of many decades, and this probably goes back to the 70s and the 60s possibly on TV advertising for this product, th there have been many Milky Bar Kids, but everybody has grown up knowing the Milky Bar Kid. And, he always, and he, so every advert would be a different scenario in which the Milky Bar Kid would beat somebody at something in some way. It might be a cowboy shooting the bad guy or various other things like that. 
And in the end, he'd celebrate by shouting, the milky bars are on me. And everyone would cheer and have a milky bar. (laughs) Is this a cartoon kid or a real kid? Real kid. So they've had to replace him at least 20 times. Yeah. Like I said, there have been many Milky Bar kids. They had recently, at the end of last year, had a competition. Go on their website and film yourself with a webcam dressed as the Milky Bar kids saying the Milky Bars are on me. And they ran a load of them on an advert. And it was all people of my age and older. It wasn't little kids. It was just what they do. Everything has a thing that goes with it. It's bizarre. Milk tray. Oh, because the lady loves milk tray. Every advert, it's that would be more like a box of chocolates than a chocolate bar. In fact, it is a box of chocolates. And every advert, it would have the milk tray guy, who was this suave, sophisticated, James Bond-esque type character in a black jumpsuit. And he'd go to extraordinary lengths in this advert to secretly deliver a box of milk tray to this beautiful woman who was just staying on her own in a room somewhere and clearly needed some chocolate. And he'd leave a business card that just had a silhouette of a man on it. And that, again, that's run for all my life. All because the lady loves milk tray. So he'd fight guys and jump out of a plane and onto the back of a train and all that. Exactly like a James Bond film. <laughs> huh. And that's what they do. And every Christmas you get your mama box milk tray. And that sort of thing. In fact, that's, all she, that's half of what she needs to be happy at Christmas. No, a third. You got her a box of milk tray, a bottle of red wine, and a book of some kind. Done. So easy, my mother, at Christmas. Or at least like, that's what my dad says. Sorry. That was that was horrible. Bazinga. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do feel like we've only scratched the surface of candy. But I, I, I don't want to. And I'm just going to say they're all brilliant. Oh, yeah. I, I do want to kind of promote a book, though. Okay. Because there's this great book, and I don't think that anyone could seriously love candy without reading it. It's called Candy Freak. It's by a guy named Steve Almond. And I don't always read nonfiction. But when I do, (laughs) this is the book that I identify as being my favorite nonfiction book. Because it's just about this regular guy, Steve Almond, who goes across the United States trying to find these regional candy bars from his youth. Uh, And and he finds that some of them are still in production and others aren't. But he tours these uh, candy factories where they're still making these things and tells how they're made and how they're still just distributed across one state or, you know, three or four states. And everybody around there knows the Idaho spud. But if you travel outside of Idaho, everybody's like, "Uh, Idaho, what the fuck? So (laughs) it's, um, it's a really, really interesting book. Highly recommend it. It's a blast. It's not too long. But uh, I, I own this book. That's how much I like it. I've just looked it up on Amazon, and it's available for one penny. No way. Yeah. It's, it's, there's 20, it's, it doesn't look like it's in print. Oh, no, you can buy a brand new copy for £2.49, but the used copies start at one penny. So I actually just looked if there was a Kindle version. Uh, U.S. Amazon Candy Freak: A Journey Through the Chocolate Underbelly of America by Steve Almond. Price fifteen dollars. I'll bet that you could probably find it cheaper than that, but I don't know. I kind of think that Steve Almond deserves your full fifteen dollars. It's, it's such a good book. I will. I will have a look at that. That looks good. I'll tell them that I want to read it on my Kindle. 
I'm sure they, they get that in the morning. You go, oh, Rich wants to read this on his Kindle. We'll do that. I'm sure that's how it works. <laughs> that's how Amazon would like me to think it works, I think. Right. Right. But I think they just collect a load of them up and they look, look, we could sell loads. Just press make a Kindle version on your computer, will you? It is for the Kindle here, 1099. All right. Includes free wireless delivery. Right. Which I think is true all the time. Yes, I think it is actually. I'm not sure. I get yeah. You just download them. My Kindle connect. I only got the Wi-Fi one anyway, so I don't know. It, everything's free over it. Whatever. How have I? Two hundred and seventy-nine pages. It says, but that's that's kind of overstating it. It's a very fast read. You can do it in two days. Oh, I've just seen now because you took me to Amazon. And they've got on their front page for me that next gen season one on Blu-ray is available for pre-order now. I didn't. Is that I, the the remastered one? Yes, it is. It's out on July twenty-third. I thought I'd be getting it for Christmas, but if it's out on July twenty-third, though, I want it on July twenty-third. I, I want to see these. Uh, rumor has it that it's coming to Netflix streaming. So, really? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, indeed. I might have to start next gen from the beginning again. Yeah, they're awesome. I've seen and I, I've got I just finished putting together my entire DVD collection before it came out on Netflix. Right. And now this. Quickly before we kind of bring chocolate to an end. Couple I want to run by you to see if you have them. Kinder Surprise. Now, uh, I'm, I'm remiss in not bringing this up because... Kinder Surprise was mentioned on the forum, and it's been mentioned in the chat room tonight. Oh, right. And both times I made a mental note saying we've got to talk about it, because I've never heard of it. Okay. I'll give and you... frankly, I thought it was Kinder Surprise. So Right. No, it's Kinder Surprise. This is uh, Scandinavian, I want to say. Or now it that doesn't quite sound right. I need to look these up. Oh my god, when you do a Google search, the fourth suggested search is Kinder Surprise Illegal in USA. What now? I need I'll to... bet they're choking hazards, aren't they? From what I'm seeing here on the screen. Yeah, quite possibly. Is this candy that includes uh, some sort of prize inside? Let's see, why are Kinder Surprise eggs banned in the USA? This is a Yahoo Answers page, so with a pinch of salt, but... The answer, there are two reasons why these delicious treats are illegal in the U.S. One is the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission claims the toys are a choking hazard for small children. Oh, yeah. come on. The ones that would choke on them don't deserve the... Ch oh. All of the toys are... They're just going to cost you welfare money later. That's all I'm saying. It's it really... It's not chocolate. It's never been an issue. All of the um, toys are relatively small. and Right. Aside from... Choking as the Kinder Eggs uh, banned is the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act of 1938. This act prohibits the embedding of non-food items completely enclosed inside food items. Okay, right. so while Cracker Jacks might still have a prize in the box, or while cereal might still have a prize in the box, it's not fully enclosed within a piece of cereal, so it's it's cool there. But yeah. it sounds like Kinder Surprise. It's it's molded into the chocolate. It's God knows how they do it. I can't. Well, they probably make the two halves and stick them together with the thing in the middle. The it's it's there's not a great deal of chocolate there. It's kind of if you think of, imagine a large real egg and then go five percent bigger. They're probably about that big, and you kind of crumble them open, 
as best you can. And inside is a large plastic container, which is bright yellow and plastic, and in no way looks like food. And you open it up, and there is some sort of toy, ideally which needs to be constructed, inside it. And so the main part of it is really the toy. And we've had them for many, many years. Let's see. Collect, uh, manufactured by an Italian company, Ferrero. Oh, Ferrero. Of Ferrero Rocher. Again, uh, that's a more Christmas, smarter, more adult chocolate Ferrero Rocher. A gift type of chocolate. Yeah. But again, the advertising campaign would be the ambassador giving a big soiree for lots of important individuals and they'd bring out the Ferrero Rocher and say, someone would say, oh, you're with these Ferrero Rocher, you're spoiling us. That was it. That's always the advertising campaign for them, forever. I think here the, the advertising campaigns for that are more like, you're an adult woman and you're sexy and you're going to get into the bathtubs. You deserve a break. You deserve a Ferrero Rocher. Something like that. But Kinder Surprise, um, just awesome. Absolutely awesome. Their toys kind of became crap for a while, but they seem to be pulling it back a bit. What kind of a toy would you expect to find? It's the kind, nothing good, but just sort of like maybe a little bit, few bits you can clip together and it makes a tiny little car that you pull back and it goes or something like that. Um, the worst one Sounds like it, it's rather large to fit inside of a piece of candy. It's a big thing. They're, they're quite big. They're not... Baseball size, would you say? A bit smaller. A bit smaller, but not much smaller. And they are egg-shaped as well. So you could, you could fit far more in a baseball, volume-wise. Um, there's not really any dimensions on the... They should put dimensions of the chocolate and things like that on the Wikipedia page, but they don't. Um... So yeah, there's a couple of unique features to them. The type of chocolate, they, it's the kind of thing like they, they're they doing with Nutella where they try and pretend like it's kind of good for you because it's got milk and that has calcium. It's like that kind of, so chocolate's good for you and this has more milk than other chocolates, so it's right. better, it's good for you. <laughs> and they're currently under investigation by lots of advertising agencies going, but it's not good for you though, is it really? Because it's chocolate. Stop saying that. Um... So that's what they so they've got the unique chocolate and you can get the chocolate in other forms. They make like the kinder uh, God, what else did they? There must be a link on this. I go to Ferrero list of products. Oh, they also make Nutella. It's this company, it's Ferrero that try and get away with this chocolate being good for you. It has hazelnuts in and that's they're kind of good for you, aren't they? No. What's Kinder Bueno? Kinder Maxi, Kinder Duplo, Kinder various things. It's a little bit dubious whether or not Nutella is actually good for you because nut meat is um, really, really high in some types of fats. So it depends on whether you're trying to build muscle mass with the protein or lose weight overall. Like, for instance, if I were to eat Nutella or peanut butter or anything like that, since I'm trying to lose weight and not, not build muscles at all, it'd be bad. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich for Jason equals bad. I just can't see how in any way Nutella can be considered good for you. I just I just can't accept that. At all. It's it's chocolate in goo form. Why no. You've not added there is nothing you can add to that to make it actually good for me, for it to be of benefit to my body. 
At best, you can make it not harmful. Surely. It's not, I'm, I just cannot accept that it's good for you. Like an apple is good for you or, or something like that. It's just not. I it's, tried convincing Lisa a little while ago that marshmallow fluff was good for you. That's genius, man. That is genius. I just well, have you ever looked at the uh, the nutrition facts on that? No. It's it, it's basically just carbs. It has like no sugar, no calories, nothing. It's just here's a shitload of carbs to stuff up your ass. Right. That's that's all that marshmallow cream is. So I mean, from from a certain standpoint, I mean, if you're on a diet that is carb friendly, then yeah, eat all the marshmallow fluff that you want. Yeah, seems to work. That makes sense to me. But I just I just don't see the minister for health standing up in parliament. And saying that we've got a big crisis in our country because children aren't eating enough Nutella. <laughs> and we need to find out how to get more of them to eat Nutella because that's never going to happen. It's just the day that happens, I hope there is revolution in this country because that's just ludicrous. And I, so I don't care what Ferrero say. They can put all the hazelnuts they want in it. It's not good for you. It's just not. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, I've been Googling and trying to find it. Here it is. Nutella Nutrition Facts. Uh, I'm not sure what the UK has, but in the United States, all food products are supposed to have, I mean, they're legally required to have um, standardized nutrition labels that say, hey, this is how much fat, this is how much cholesterol, sodium, sugars, carbs, all that stuff. It breaks it down, how many calories. Yeah, we have, that. we have that, yeah. Okay, so here's what it says. Serving size, two tablespoons. That's 37 grams. Um, that's about 200 calories. Half of it's fat. That's 11 grams of fat in your two tablespoons. Uh, three and a half of, that gra uh, of grams of that is saturated fat. Now, there's no trans fat. So there, there might be something that you can say for it. But it's 15 milligrams of salt, 22 grams of carbs, uh, 21 grams of that is sugar and three grams of protein. So yeah, there's, there's not really a whole lot of ways to spin that where it makes it into a health food. There's a, actually a section on the Wikipedia page of Nutella, which is entitled false nutritional claims, class action lawsuit. And it says Nutella's manufacturer Ferrero was sued in a class action lawsuit and agreed to pay $3 million dollars in a settlement in which Nutella's misleading promotion led consumers to believe that Nutella carries nutritional and health benefits, marketing it as part of a nutritious breakfast. According to the lawsuit settlement in 2012, so it can't have been that long ago, Ferrero must change Nutella's labeling and some marketing statements. It will also have to re remove television commercials and their website must be clean of any misleading nutritional and health claims. So they got slapped down for that. And as they're paying it in dollars, I would assume, therefore, it happened in the U.S. Plus, that's really the only place where class action lawsuits happen. Really? I've never been part of one here. Interesting. It's just never, never, ever happened. I don't know that it can't happen. I just know that I've never seen it happen here. Huh. So is that, uh, is that all that we have to say, then? About candy for now. I think that's a good place to stop. Have you looked at the timer? I have. It's it's a big number. This is a, a long show. Congratulations to you if you've made it all the way through this show. You are now dumber for having listened to us. Yes. <laughs> but happier. 
I'm, I'm sure there's a correlation between the two. Oh, definitely. Uh, also, I want to point out real quick that Candy Freak by Steve Almond is available on audible.com. Six hours and 48 minutes long. That's, you know, that's pretty manageable. That's a few commutes back and forth from work. And it's only seven forty nine if you're doing your monthly rental. And remember that if you go to Simply Syndicated, what is it? SimplySyndicated.com. Audiblepodcast.com slash movies. But we'll put a link on the show notes for this episode. So if you go to SimplySyndicated.com, then this will be on the front. And you'll be able to just click the button. I always get that link wrong. But uh, audiblepodcast.com slash movies, right? Yeah. And if you go there, we get a little cut, which helps us keep bringing you shows for free every single week, week in and week out. And if you enjoy our shows, uh, try Atomic Trivia War 9000, which is my other show. And try Nerd Hurdles, Masters of None, for those about to rock. We've got lots of good shows here at simplysyndicated.com. Take it or leave it. Yes, yes, very much so. Sometimes we have tech news. Oh, and don't forget about the Pollyanna Cowgirl Records podcast. Absolutely. By I'm Mr. Tony Pucci. I'm sure there are others. Oh, Do Ask, Do Tell is coming back. Oh, when's that coming back? Well, we've kind of done one already. We did one last Wednesday. Uh, it's not gone out as a podcast yet. Uh, but we're recording again, I think, what's today? Tuesday. So tomorrow, possibly. You know, I'm very interested to hear on that podcast... Uh, whether they address the recent events in the United States regarding equal rights. What what you'll I, be I certainly hope. What you'll be most interested to hear on that podcast is the fact that I'm hosting it. Well, you don't know anything. You're not gay. I know. <laughs> you can't speak from experience. I know. <laughs> it's really happening, honestly. I'm, I do know a couple people who are a little bit uncomfortable about listening to that podcast because they, they say, hey, I, I, I'm not gay myself. Why would I listen to that? But trust me, it's good. You will learn something. This is the point, you see. I am representative of the everyman. I'm not, I'm not hosting up my own. I'm altering week after week with uh, Ian and Kip. So the one we've done, I did with Ian. And tomorrow night, I'll record with Kip. And so what I'm doing is I'm learning about this. It's actually remarkably like this show in you know this is where i live what's it like where you live kind of thing i only, like that only instead of america it's being gay so there you go i so i'm learning but on the face of it it's quite amusing that i am co-hosting that show you know it occurs to me looking at the list of shows that we have that our network is very much all about cultural exchange it's it's a fun thing. I think it's something you just naturally fall into because it's quite interesting for everyone. That's what I hope anyway. So, yeah, if you're feeling so, I would say, yeah, check out the uh, Audible thing. And if you're feeling particularly generous, we do have a big donate button on the front page of the website, which helps us out immensely if you can donate some money to help keep the network going or buy something from the store. I have movies you should see year five coming out soon, which has had a lot of not available episodes for a long time on it. Uh, arguably the weaker ones. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, that's a really good season. This is but bad. then I took inventory and I couldn't remember anymore which episodes were in it's, it's got like when, the, when me and Will just said, let's talk about animals in films. That was, <laughs> they're all good, yeah. I should say that, shouldn't I? 
That's how they do it on TV. The amazing year five of movies you should see is coming back to the store very soon. I'm recompressing them all and making them sound very nice. The problem is they were done so long ago, they're in old software. And I've had to get all that set up and working again. It's been a right pain in the ass. Oh, well. We also had the forum. If you want to suggest a show topic or say what you thought of this one, you're very welcome to simplysyndicated.com slash forums. Or you can email us both at remastered at simplysyndicated.com and just say anything you like. We're easy. You know? I think, is that everything for now? I think that's everything on the list. Superb. Well, thank you for you guys in the chat room and everything. And thank you, you other people, for listening now. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, have a good time, guys. Bye-bye. You can't say candy? Not and mean it. Not in a sentence. Sounds like a stripper, doesn't it? Well, yeah. It's just, I actually think it's one of those Americanisms that English people shouldn't say in a serious sentence. We can, you well, can't, that's good. You can't just say candy and have nobody notice that. That would, if I, if we were talking <laughs> about stuff and I just use the word candy in a sentence, I'd, the conversation would stop and turn to the fact that I'd use that word. And there are there are certain other sort of phrases, sayings, that sort of thing, that I just don't think we can say the words, but I don't think we should say the words. But that's the, hilarious. The most obvious is is when you say "way to go." And we can't say that. And we shouldn't say it. Because we have to say, way to go. And it's, See, I've been steadily trying to change some of those things on this end here. Like, I, I really like using the word bloody. Yeah. yeah. But, but most people just don't. They just stare at you like you're an idiot. If you say, hey, that's a bloody fucking stupid thing to think. Or, I can't believe you're so bloody fucking stupid. I mean, that's mostly the context I'm using it in. Yeah, it's, it's borderline, you know. It is. It's borderline. I think swearing especially is is so accent specific. It's it's more so than any other type of language. And and even accents within different countries just you know there are certain accents that are so better suited to swearing and with particular swear words that it, it, they just have to be used and and other people shouldn't bother. We should talk about this on a show sometime because Mike is saying sidewalk, uh, sidewalk versus pavement, which is one that I didn't even know was an issue. I yeah, we, sidewalk was acceptable universally. No, 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 no. There's really? just no way I would say that or hear it ever. And then even inside the U.S., it's kind of a, a regional joke that everybody participates in here, where the South has certain things that they say, or certain brands of things, like certain grocery stores that you only find in the South, and they just sound really ridiculous, like Piggly Wiggly. Or even between like uh, New York and Ohio, my wife will say pop, and I'll say soda. And she says, no, 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 it's pop. See, we, we're always amazed that any of you say pop, because pop is a very English thing. Is it really? Yeah. See, I thought it was a hick thing. Here it would be, you'd kind of get away with it as an adult, but it would be more child-specific. A, a kid would ask for pop. Hmm. And, and even that, a small kid. Uh, but as an adult, you can kind of get away with it. You know, there are certain childish things you can get away with saying as an adult, and Pop's one of them. On a previous show, we touched briefly on the sneakers versus tennis shoes debate. 
And then there's also the uh, the regional, is it a sub, a grinder, or a hoagie debate? Yeah, we, we have uh, a big argument over bread cakes or buns or whatever the hell other people call them. I just have to say bread cake. It's I a, have no a, idea what that even like, is. A, just a bread roll. Nothing, nothing special, nothing that you wouldn't recognize instantly and give it your own name. Just I, from where, where I'm from, they are bread cakes. In other places, they're bread rolls. Some places call them cobs, which I have no idea uh, what that's about. When you say bread cake, it summons up this image for me of some squishy angel cake confectionery thing. Yeah, like a, like a cake. I, yeah. I completely understand that, but it's that's not what it is. It's it's just bread. You know, you make a sandwich out of it. You you know exactly what it is. It's just to me, it is a bread cake. And We're not I recording this, are we? No. Well, okay. <laughs> it is well as with anything we're talking it is being recorded but i won't i won't right. put it on anything um whereas i can't remember what they call them up here but it's it's different because i'm howarth is in west yorkshire but i'm originally from south yorkshire and we're talking a difference of maybe 50 miles but the language changes significantly and I, I, there's, there's things on the the menu at the chip shop that i don't recognize but they're not different items they're just they're called different things 50 miles away from where I grew up. Even that? in that sentence, there were things that I just was baffled by. What, what is a chip shop? A, a shop from which one buys chips. Which is chips to mean, mean fries. Yeah. Why do you have to make everything so difficult? Why can't you just fall in line with what, what we've set down as the rules? chips of potato. <laughs> but What's they're not. What's the problem? Crisps are what you call chips. Because we call them crisps because <laughs> they're crisp. And there's many of them. So it makes it makes sense. I can live with what you call them. Chips also make sense. But chips you see, they're not like fries. That would that would, fries are fries. But chips would be much thicker. But essentially the same thing. I know that you've been to the US, but have you been to Canada at all? No. Has Patty sent you back any information then from Canada about chip flavors? Or I'm sorry, crisp flavors? No. No. Do you guys have weird things there, like mustard-flavored chips and ketchup-flavored chips? Yeah. You do? Yeah, we do. You know, to say, you know, when the the classic exa- example of the supermarket aisle full of uh, Pepsi flavors that we don't have, we do like our crisp flavors. We really, really, really do. Um, in fact, there was just one of when the major manufacturer of crisps here, which is Walkers, which I think you guys have. I think they might have a different name, though. Um, it's been so long since I've been allowed to eat those that I don't even know anymore. Right. They they had a, a competition where they just put out mystery flavors, and it was like, guess what this is? And it was really convoluted stuff as well. It was like Sunday lamb dinner with mint sauce and, and various see- things like that. Come around Thanksgiving time, we have a soda manufacturer that does those. And I can't remember the name. I can't remember the brand name, but it is a novelty one. Everybody knows it. it they usually ha- roll out like one or two new flavors every one. But um, they do like cranberry sauce soda and mashed potato and turkey soda and that sort of thing. Right. Now we get turkey soda. That, that sounds wrong. That just doesn't sound like something that should exist at all. Some people love it. I, I, I've never understood it. But I mean, I guess it's just as arbitrary as barbecue flavored chips or 
you know, grape flavored soda. I mean, some of these combinations that we just take for granted here in the United States, uh, I mean, it's just totally out of thin air. There's no reason why we should prefer one over the other. Orange flavored soda, it's, it's just as ridiculous as anything else, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. It was all the Nazis that did that, you know. They invented Fanta. <laughs> okay. They did. Uh, this is news to me. They did. This is this is true. They invent the Nazis invented Fanta because Hitler loved pop or soda, whatever. And the only the the most available thing to make it out of at the time was oranges. That that's what they could get, and particularly shitty oranges at that. And so they mushed it all up and made it into pop. And that so when you say Fanta, Fanta. You're, re- you're referring specifically to orange-flavored drink. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I forget because Fanta was always just orange when I was little. And I'm guessing this is another one where to you there's a thousand flavors of Fanta. Right. I think by the time Fanta came on my radar, I don't know whether it started out here as orange, but by the time I started noticing it when it was in grocery store um, aisles and that sort of thing, there were already, I don't know, six or seven different flavors. So I never latched onto the whole orange thing. Right. We we have Pepsi and Coke, of course, the two big dueling corporate giants, and they each have their orange sodas that just rule the market. Um, Sunkist and Slice. Yeah. We don't have Sunkist here anymore. We used to no? have it, and then they just took it away. Huh. I don't know what that was about. Um, but yeah, Fanta, if you wanted orange soda i'd go and get fanta oh we've got orange crush as well i forgot about that one right no we don't have that we there's lots of other sort of more traditional english brands that you just wouldn't have heard of (laughs) because orange pop it's a that's a basic you know anyone can do that that doesn't need to be coke or pepsi that's just orange pop lemonade's the same and so you have lots of just and supermarkets have their own brands of various things and then different qualities within that there's the the super sort of buy a bottle of coke for nine pence <laughs> that that'll be the nice stuff then won't it that's as good as that two pound 65 a bottle of coca-cola i'm sure oh well should we start should we start then because we're, yeah, we're getting on to this here i think this is probably all that we're going to have in the chat room tonight because everyone i know is playing diablo right <clears throat> hint hint okay we'll get on we're doing it we're doing it I'm just pushing your buttons. (laughs) I'm in a good mood today. There's no buttons to push. Me too. Today's been a relatively good day. See, smiles all around. We'll do a happy show. And we'll talk about sweets or candy. Candy. Uh, So let's go. Here we go. Uh, 